Hassan is a business broker. He wants to know what kinds of things brokers can say to get business owners to want to list their businesses with the broker. I'm David C. Barnett, and you're tuned in to Small Business and Dealmaking, the podcast, YouTube channel, and blog where I talk about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized businesses while controlling risk. So if you're looking to take control of your future through buying a business one day, or if you already own a business and you're looking to grow or exit, you've come to the right place. I talk about interesting things, I talk to interesting people, and I answer your questions every week right here. So be sure to hit like and be sure to hit subscribe, and let's get to it. So uh, let me read Hassan's question. He was watching uh, how I forexed my money with a get rich quick scheme. I'll put a link to that video here. He says, David, I love your videos. Thank you. Um, in the next one, can you please talk about how we can make the business owner feel like letting us sell their business is a better option for them than doing it on their own? What kind of things can we say to make them want to work with us? Uh, great question. And this was one that I faced every day while I had my business brokerage office going. And so I would go out there, I would meet with people. Um, I would do a lot of marketing. I was advertising on the radio. I had billboards up at one time. I had um, little drop notes that would go out to business owners. I networked. I met with accountants. I met with lawyers. I did all this stuff to try to meet these business owners who were thinking that they might want to sell. And one of the most frustrating things that would happen, of course, is I would have a sit down in my office with one of these business owners, explain everything I was going to do, talk about, you know, my training and expertise and deal structuring and talk about all the value that I deliver as a broker. And then they would go away. And then I would hear through the grapevine that the business had been sold. Right. And, and they had done it on their own. And so it was frustrating for me. And I was like, you know, how can I be more convincing? How can I uh, better position my service as a broker in order to get these business owners to want to list their business with me. And so over the course of time, um, I've come to realize that selling a service like being a business broker is, is like any other kind of professional service. The person who is going to hire you is going to have to hire you because they feel that you deliver value to the process over and above what they can do on their own. And so I've created a, a list of things that uh, that I want to talk about uh, that I think business brokers should be focusing on. And, and then I'm going to get into a little bit of other stuff about self-reflection as a broker and, and making sure your house is in order. So let me see. The first thing is time. So when I was a business broker, um, I would put a business up for sale on one of the internet marketplaces and sometimes get dozens of inquiries in the first week and be playing email tag with people and be, you know, trying to call people on the phone and, and all kinds of stuff. And it would take time. And so if somebody has a successful business and they're running the business as the manager full time, then where are they going to find the time to manage this kind of process? So that's the number one thing is having an understanding of what someone's time is worth. And sometimes you need to point it out to someone. So if somebody has a business with an SDE of $150,000 a year, um, that works out to, um, what is it, like $75 an hour if they were you know, being paid by the hour to add up to that amount of money, right? And so sometimes I would say that to people. I would say based on a 40-hour work week, your time spent in the business is worth about $75 an hour. 
And then I would talk about the volume of work in handling inquiries, right? So I would make them realize just how much of a commitment it might be to try to do this on their own. The, the next one would be the value. So why on earth would someone hire a broker if it's easy to do on your own? Well, the answer usually comes down to the fact that the broker is going to be able to bring a higher price. So how, how does a broker do that for somebody? Well, usually a couple of different things. Number one, it's through easier access to the buyers. And so if you're a good broker and you've been in business for a while or you're part of an office, for example, uh, you should be coming with an inventory of buyers, right? So to be able to sit down with someone and say, we have an email distribution list, which has 1500 buyers in this area who are looking for businesses that we can reach out to and, and try as quickly as possible to find a buyer that's going to want to buy your business. That demonstrates value. The other thing that an inventory of buyers brings is the prospect of competition. If more than one buyer wants to buy a business at the same time, then a good broker is going to be able to leverage that into a higher price or easier terms or lower seller financing, et cetera, however you want to look at it. And so communicating those advantages is important when you're meeting with that seller. Now, there's a big difference between competing against somebody wanting to sell their business on their own versus competing with other brokers, right? And so when it comes down to showing what you're going to do, I knew that when I had my brokerage office, I was competing with some other people who claimed to be qualified business brokers who were charging half as much as I did, okay? So their commission rate was half. And sometimes people would bring it up to me. They would say, well, I went and spoke to that guy and he only charges this amount of money. And I would just say, well, then I, I can't argue with him. He knows what he's worth, ha, ha, ha. And then I would start to demonstrate the value that I brought to the process. I would talk about the work that I had done earning the professional designation in the field. I would talk about the training I had done. I would talk about the number of deals that I had done. I would talk about my network. Uh, I was a you know part of a franchise system. So I would talk about all the value that the franchise system brought to me. I would talk about my regular communications with other brokers and the fact that even if I hadn't sold a business just like the particular one we were talking about, that through my network, I would be able to access other resources and get help if I needed to. And so I would bring to bear not just myself, but the office, the network, the professional organization that I was a part of, the training that I had gone through, et cetera, knowing full well that the other guy had none of that, right? And so again, it's, it's painting a picture of who is going to be able to deliver the best value. Um, you know, price is something that people focus on when they themselves view everything as a commodity. And so in this you know, Walmart world where we're always rolling back prices, for example, it's easy to get stuck on that, particularly if you are a person who looks for the lowest price all the time. And one of the greatest examples I've ever seen was actually told to me secondhand through a guy who used to own an auto repair business. And he, bought, this was, you know, decades ago, bought a series of training videos about how to do sales and marketing in an auto repair business. And what the trainer demonstrated is he had a big cup of Coca-Cola from the movie theater, and he had a can of Coke from the corner store, and he had a flat of Coke uh, from the grocery store, and he had a couple of big bottles of Coke from Costco, right? Right. 
And so he went through and he showed what the price per milliliter or price per ounce was of the Coca-Cola in the different various locations. And so it was the same product, but because of where it was sold and the conditions of the purchase and you know how difficult or out of the way it was for the buyer to obtain those things, the Coca-Cola had different prices in all of those different places. And so it, it's perfectly plausible to compete with someone else and charge a completely different price. And all you have to do is look at a lot of other, you know, professional services and you'll find that, you know, you'll find lawyers that charge four or five, 10 times more than other lawyers, right? But they're able to find a market. And so sometimes business brokers will want to chase down every single person that, that they can find to get every single listing they can find. It's not always the best strategy. What is really important is finding somebody who is a good fit for you, that you know that you can help, that you can deliver extra value to the process, and then show them how you're going to do that. Someone who's going to nickel and dime you and want to squeeze you for every last penny is not the kind of client that I want to work with. You know, a lot of listings don't end up converting into sales. And you realize pretty quickly as a broker that it doesn't make sense to work with some people, particularly if they have bad businesses, if they're not making a lot of money, if they have inconsistencies in the business, if they have huge problems like customer concentration issues. Sometimes these business owners actually realize that they're going to have a hard time selling and that they're probably going to have to accept a lower price. And then they don't want to have to pay a commission on top of that. Right. So the other value that a broker brings are things like protecting confidentiality and doing a better job at presenting the business than the owner of the business can do themselves. This is really critical. Um, I do a lot of consulting with, with people trying to buy a business where they will send me business profiles or con confidential information memorandums, SIMs as they're sometimes known. And I can tell you, I've seen a lot of bloody awful SIMs, like just terrible, like poorly put together, um, three or four paragraphs about the business, then you know, uh, financial statements attached with no commentary or normalization, um, just terrible documents that don't represent anything positive about the business or how it could fulfill the or become the solution to the buyer's problem, right? So as a business broker, you have to look at businesses that you list as inventory on a shelf. So when you walk into a store, how does a shopkeeper present their inventory? In the best way they can, right? They want to demonstrate that it's good, valuable stuff that's going to solve the buyer's problem. And the shopkeeper is thinking about the buyer's problem. So if we're talking about a grocer, we're, think, we're thinking about, you know, how can I show that these items are going to satisfy, you know, hungry children at home? Or if it's a car dealership, it's how am I going to satisfy some of the emotional needs of the people that walk through the door that they can express through owning, you know, a fancy car? Or do they just need basic transportation? Or, or what do they need? You're thinking about the other party. So um, I'll put a link here in the video. Uh, Ted Leverett over on his channel has got a fantastic video where he demonstrates an amazing sim. And so when you put together a really fantastic presentation that demonstrates that this is the business that will solve the buyer's problem and you understand what kind of buyer is going to be attracted to that business, this is important, 
right? And a lot of brokers don't even think about this. They just sign up the listing, gather the information, slap it up on one of the you know websites that advertise businesses, and then they just hope that an inquiry comes in that converts. And these are the brokers that give brokers a bad name because sellers who see that and they see that this is how someone's operating, they question why on earth you'd pay a commission because they can do that themselves. And it doesn't matter what city or market you're in, business owners know business owners. And if someone's gonna meet with you as a broker, you can bet they're going to be looking through their own grapevine to see what they can find out about you, right? And so you want to do an amazing job with every file so that you can then create anonymous versions of those SIMs and you can show them to people and say, this is the kind of thing that I do. So what problem are you solving in the mind of the ultimate customer, the buyer? Well, there's lots of different kinds of problems and different businesses fit into them. So one problem could be we're trying to grow our business. That's a strategic acquisition. Right. So you demonstrate how the particular business is going to be able to fit into the fold of another larger organization. Your entire sim is focused on that strategic acquirer. Let's say it's a smaller business that doesn't really amount to much more than a job and it's in a small town. Well, who is who's the person that sees that as a solution? Maybe it's the nine to fiver in the big metropolitan area who's tired of commuting and looking for a quieter pace of life to enjoy more time at home with his family. Right. So that's a different kind of presentation where you're not only talking about the business, but you're expanding the sim to include lifestyle factors about the type of community that you're talking about. You want to hit emotionally on the kinds of buttons that that buyer has. You know, what do they want? They want to be able to see themselves in a business where they go to work every day. They're able to earn enough money to live in the new community while having a 10 minute commute and being able to spend time with their kids, right? And so you wanna be able to show that these are the kinds of things that you can do. Now, I wrote a book called How to Sell My Own Business, right? And so who's the target market of this book? Well, it's people who wanna sell a business and they're questioning whether or not they should hire a broker. Now, a lot of people would see the title of that book and think that I'm trying to convince people not to use business brokers. In fact, the first half of that book is why you might want to use a broker instead of doing it on your own and how to determine if the broker you're meeting is qualified and competent. The first half of the book. And so I would encourage you, Hassan, to get a copy of that book, read through it, and then go through a self-analysis about how a potential buyer who might read that is going to go and investigate you. And so I talk about looking at the broker, looking at what the broker does, looking at the broker's own investment in their own education and training. Look at how the broker is connected to other people through platforms like LinkedIn, for example, and really investigate who you're doing, going to do business with. Because this is a big thing. The number one most important thing to most business owners is to maintain confidentiality in doing a deal. They don't want to ruin the value of the business that they built up. And so you have to demonstrate that you're competent, you're qualified, and that you know what you're doing. That's the most important thing. And coming into it with confidence and being able to express why you're worth the money that you charge is the key to the whole thing, just like in any other kind of professional service. And don't chase everyone.
you need to qualify your clients. You do not want to be signing up just anyone. You want to sign up the right people who you know that you're going to be able to find a buyer whose problem is going to be solved by that business as though it were a piece of inventory, an item or an object that someone might buy in a store. Anyway, great question, Hassan. Um, I love that a lot. If anyone out there owns a business and they're thinking about, you know, how they get out one day or, or whatnot, you can head over to howtosellmyownbusiness.com. There's a link there to Amazon to get this book. There's also a free download over there about the 12 things people should be consider, uh, doing before they consider even selling their business and a link to an online course that I put together. It's a whole afternoon about the process of selling with and without a broker, about how deals go down, how they're actually formatted, et cetera. It's a couple hundred bucks. It's like an afternoon. Um, and uh, a lot of people have done it over the years. And I've gotten a lot of positive feedback on that too. And so with that, I'll say thank you very much. And um, we'll see you next time. Bye. So how can you learn more about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized businesses? Easy. Head over to my blog site, davidcbarnett.com, where you can learn more about me and how I work with my clients. You can learn more about my books and the online courses that I've prepared for you. You can find out about how to subscribe to my email list, the YouTube playlists, etc. There's literally hundreds of hours of content there, all for free, and I'd love for you to be my guest. Special thanks go out to Jeff Alpaw Customs for being my tailor. Men all around the world can look dangerous, just like me, with the help of Jeff Alpaw Customs. JeffAlpaw.com. Use the code DCB10 to save. They handle multiple currencies and ship anywhere you happen to be.